Hey everybody, welcome to Sport Ethos Heat, back again for another episode. My name is Luke Weber, and I'll be recording alone today. I uh, want to cover the last two games, sort of uh, two kind of similar games, but very different feelings to them. But I just want to cap them off, uh, tell y'all a bit about what happened, what we should be looking for in those games, what kind of takeaways we can get from them and more on uh what we can uh, use from those games going forward because obviously all the games happening right now are a little bit weird just because you're without jimmy butler and bam and bio uh for many of the games without tyler hero and uh also many of the teams that the heat are facing are currently being played by injuries so let's, uh, I, I want to start off with the 76ers game. We're going to get to the Orlando Magic game that happened last night in one moment. But starting with that Sixers game, you've got a 101-96 game finish. Uh, he go in there, and I know what the big thing is, which is that um, he went up by 25 points, and the Sixers almost came back. But I think the more commendable thing is that the Heat were without Tyler Hero. They were without Tyler Hero. Gabe Vincent hadn't really been too much of an incredible score. Duncan Robinson didn't even have a good shooting night, nor did Kyle Lowry. And yet they were able to put so many points on the board in that first half. They were able to do so many things on offense in a game where, you know, it really should have been a defensive slugfest. I mean, the Heat scored 29 points in the first and second quarters. Most I know it was only 101 points to 96, but I remember that last uh, year uh, the Heat had that game against Toronto, which I believe was 84 to 76. Feel free to correct me on that. But and this this game, there were defensive aspects to it. There were a lot of points where the offense just stagnated. But the fact that guys like Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson were able to step up, even though Duncan Robinson wasn't shooting the ball uh, as well as we would hope, the fact that they were able to score so much and really be a threat against a team that, Although they were missing some players, the Philadelphia 76ers had most of their best guys. Seth Curry was held to seven points on seven shots. Joel Bead, 13 shots. Uh, Tyrese Maxey was the biggest threat to Miami with uh, going 11 for 15 from the field for 27 points, which I believe was a game high since Gabe Vincent was only able to get his career high of 26 points. And that's another thing that we really, really want to focus on, especially when we compare this game to the Magic game, is how these guys were able to stand up. I know how a lot of people last year were complaining about the minutes that Gabe Vincent and Max Struess were getting. I may uh, have been one of them, allegedly. Um, but you can clearly see this year that these guys are stepping up when they have to. I mean, they thrust Gabe Vincent into that starting lineup. Who's he replacing? Think about it. He's replacing Jimmy Butler. And he has to replace that scoring load. He's doing everything you could hope for on defense. Just a high-energy guard. And no, he's not Jimmy Butler on defense. But from a guy who's six foot two, 
He's playing remarkably good on the defensive end, especially for a guy who came into the league as mostly a shooter. And that being said, he did do a pretty good job of shooting on that night against Philadelphia. Seven threes. Think about that. A guy who's been riding the bench, a guy who hasn't played in games when the Heat are fully healthy. Seven threes off the bench. Three assists, two rebounds, incredible efficiency. Just a fantastic game. And obviously, it can't be a fantastic game without the work of the Heat's big man duo right now of P.J. Tucker and Wayne Dedman. Uh, Omer Yurtseven was uh, two for three, as was Casey Akpala, but those starting bigs, or at least the bigs who are starting now, since Dedman is normally the backup, Dedman went five for eight from the field, even tried a three, didn't go in, but 14 rebounds, got a double-double with that. When you've got a guy in the center who can do things like that, I, you know, you've got a lot of teams that will have to kind of big centers are kind of similar. You've got like a, uh, it's a good example. You have like uh, Yusuf Norkic and then uh, Cody Zeller behind him. You've got sort of similar bigs. In Miami, it's a whole different scenario. You've got Bam, who's sort of an all-around guy, all-around star in the uh, starting lineup. But behind him, you've just got this. You've got the mechanic. You've got the big guy. You've got the 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 do whatever it takes for the workforce. Um, it's just incredible. The workhorse mentality of uh, Dwayne Denman. He just does whatever he has to do, uh, no less. And, you know, sometimes a little bit more. And P.J. Tucker is just, I mean, we've watched him for his entire career uh, from back in uh, Phoenix. And, um, you know, he's always just that incredible guy that you can count on to fill in the gaps to plug in whatever you need the heat needed him to sit in the corner he hit two threes the heat needed him to rebound got four boards needed him to pass a ball dribble around set up plays dave vincent was oftentimes using him as a screener in order to set himself up kyle lowry by the way a bit of a reduced role albeit leading the team in minutes uh, goes four for 12, but more importantly, five assists, six rebounds, 14 points. And it's just, you know, he may not have been the top scorer that night, even though I still believe that he is. Uh, actually, I'm not even sure there's an argument there. He is the best player on the team right now. But ultimately, it, that doesn't mean that he has to be the lead scorer as long as he's directing the offense and making sure that guys like Gabe can get those easy buckets. Now, um, as I mentioned, on the Sixers side, Tyrese Maxey was the main problem. He played for 42 minutes and was just incredible. Um, but what I'm really happy about is the way that the Heat were able to stop Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond, forcing Joel Embiid to be a playmaker and a three-point shooter, went one for five from the perimeter, and got a, uh, I, I think it was a, uh, somebody got a steal on him. I don't remember exactly who. Maybe it was PJ, although I could be wrong. Um, but anyways, I just think this was a great, solid game from the Heat. They may have given up a big lead, but the fact that they can get that kind of lead without 
any of their top three scorers for a few times Victor Oladipo. But, and what I take away from this game is just the confidence that these guys can have, how they don't really need any individual person to be the lead scorer because the Heat have so many guys who can do that. What matters is that you collapse on defense. What matters is that you hold your ground and, and not fall apart on that end. Because if you can do that, if you can hold the other team into really only having one or two productive scores, Maxi and, uh, and uh, Tobias Harris, and you can succeed if you're just even average on offense. So that's just a game that really makes me happy because it says what this team can do without any of its best players other than Lowry and Tucker and Robinson, uh, who are sort of in that second tier after Bam and uh, Jimmy Butler and maybe even Tyler Hero. But what they can do against a team that really, to be honest, other than Ben Simmons and maybe a couple other guys, were at complete full health. Anyways, we'll get to the Magic game in a second, but first, I want to ask you all to take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter, single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Follow now. So last night, uh, that would be uh, Friday night, he'd go up against the Orlando Magic, which, to be honest, I mean, we say the Heat are shorthanded. They're definitely missing the better talent, but Orlando was without most of their team. That being said, I don't think that's a big takeaway from the night because, as I mentioned, the Heat are being currently led by uh, Kyle Lowry and a bunch of guys who went undrafted. So I think... Uh, we're, we're not going to talk about this game from an injury perspective. I want to talk about the guys who were all the court. And I just said Gabe Vincent got a career high in the game uh, against Philadelphia. And normally when a guy does that kind of thing, when they have this one great game, next game they go right back down to where they were before. We've seen that with Casey Akpala. We've seen that with Kendrick Nunn. Usually they go right back down into being that normal rule player. Well, not Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent topped his career high by one point, getting 27 points against the Orlando Magic. When essentially, um, not as efficient as he was the game before, but still 50% from the field. Really an incredible playmaker on uh, in this game. And speaking of incredible playmakers... Kyle Lowry goes a bit more efficient, 3 for 6, 2 for 4, 11 points. But this time, he takes all the playmaking. 15 assists. 15 assists? I mean, come on. This guy is one of the best quarterbacks in the NBA right now. And whether or not he's scoring, the Heat should are so much better when he is on the court. Yes, they were a bit small starting uh, Lowry and Vincent, both who are sort of small guards. But Vincent able to do so much on offense as a secondary playmaker and as a scorer. And then both of them are incredibly uh, energetic on defense. So I was really happy to see all that. But that's not even the main storyline of the night. Main storyline is Max Struess. I mean, the game against Philadelphia, he was sort of an afterthought. 
this game, <laughs> 15 socks, 11 makes. That efficiency, and even more, 8 for 11 from the three-point line. 32 points on the night from Max Struess, the, the, the summer league leader. The, the guy who all of last season was sort of just this, um, not really a uh, guy that he thought of as a long-term piece. We're now seeing him get 32 points on a night. Going up against a team that, you know, may have been missing a lot of guys, but they've got high-energy players and more than that, high-energy defenders. Tumo Kiki, uh, BJ Johnson. We've got a lot of guys who are multi-positional defenders who should be able to stop Struis, but Struis didn't even care. There were multiple plays where Johnson and uh, Lopez would double-team him off of a uh, Denon pick, and Struis wouldn't even look to pass. I mean, he would shoot that up and it would go right in there and i think his aggressiveness says a lot too seven boards a lot of people have compared him to duncan robinson since they're both very talented shooters and they are both uh, caucasian but max Struess is different max Struess is an athlete and he's aggressive Duncan Robinson obviously has that sniper, and he was using it two for five, two for three from the three-point line. Definitely a, uh, an, a solid shooting night, although he wasn't too prolific with only 25 minutes. But Max Struess was just a completely different player. Maybe he is a very good shooter, but Max Struess was going for those boards. He was going for those drives. He was pushing through players. He was pushing through the contact. It's just really exciting to see you've got all these players who are incredible shooters but can do so much more. Duncan Robinson, by the way, still a good player on the defensive end. Maybe not a talented or maybe even average defender, but a guy who's big like that, puts his hands up, gets the right spots. He's doing all you can ask of him. I mean, he's just not necessarily a talented defender, but he's doing what he can. I think that's all that you look for. Uh, another story on the night, Omer Yurt 7, really disappointing. I'm not going to talk about shooting splits because I think that's a different issue. He does get 12 boards, but I think the biggest problem there is just not really making good decisions on offense. He was definitely hustling, but really taking shots that he shouldn't have, not really going for uh, uh, the right passes, making really a lot of not very smart plays. Um, Look, y'all know how I feel about Omer Yurt 7. I don't think he's a bad player, but I just think at this point in the season, maybe not the the, the, the right... Um, he's being forced into that backup center role, and he just clearly isn't ready for that. I think he will be one day, but I do think he needs some time to prepare, and hopefully that will... Uh, um, you know, seeing him get 21 minutes in this game, definitely good to get reps in against a team that is struggling and a team that the Heat should beat. But ultimately, um, I'm a bit scared about having this guy in the playoff rotation. Um, and the reason why I don't want to talk about shooting splits is because they really don't tell the whole story. Casey Akpala went two for seven last night on a 16 minutes, six points, three rebounds. but. Kezia Akpala looked different. 
he looked different from uh, the guy that we've seen in the past who is uh, really looks lost out there. KG really looks comfortable on the court. It looks like the game has slowed down for him. And more is that he's hustling. He's aggressive. He's going for everything. And he's running down the court. It's really what you want to see. And by the way, the screens are also looking really nice, which is another thing that I didn't love about your sevens game. I think that Casey Akpala, who uh, many Heat fans have been upset with for years now, I think he's in his fourth year. Um, Casey Akpala clearly um, just needed some development, just needs some time. He's coming into form. Um, and, and the stretch big role is really the right move for him. Having him at small forward clearly did not fit but with his wingspan and his vertical. Yeah, I mean, you all saw that dunk from him last night. And if you haven't, go look it up because this guy can get up there. I'm excited about what he can do with all of his raw talent in the future, but I'm really excited to have a guy like that, a big sort of uh, fast player on the team, really something that he had been needing. And if he can continue to develop, he can start making his way into that rotation once the team gets fully healthy. Um, other than that, Dwayne Denman does what he always does. I mean, he gets boards. He makes good plays. He plays hard on defense. P.J. Tucker, same thing. Um, Dwayne Denman made his three-point shot uh, this game, um, having 13 points on the night. And having two bigs like that, P.J. and Dwayne Denman, who both space floor, really allows the guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Drews to unleash their full potential. Max Drews does his uh, little slip plays, and it's a whole lot harder to guard that when you've got um, the the middle open when Denman is in the corner and PJ is in the other. You've got Max Drews able to penetrate the paint. You've got him able to step back and take that three. It really makes it tough on the defense. And there are even those plays where the defense does everything they can to shut down Max Drews and he puts it up or the defense does succeed in locking him down. And what does he do? He just flips it to Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent gets his shot. Um really um really a great attack from the heat and ultimately i'm not sure these guys will continue their their scoring volume when the rest of the guys get healthy but just to see that they can do something like that he can be struggling in the and in need of an offensive jewel and really any of these guys can give it we've seen pj tucker put up points we've seen Dwayne Demon put up points we've seen lowry vincent robinson Struess. All of these guys are capable of really having big nights. Um, and that's one thing that I'm happy about having Tyler Hero for is that he can score. But really, I'd like to see him continue that scoring. But ultimately, I'd also enjoy seeing Gabe Vincent and Max Cruz continue working on their offensive capabilities. Anyways, Tyler Hero out with the, uh, uh, was listed as a DMPCD, which is a bit odd since I knew it was a uh, right quad contusion, which I think ESPN changed their report to that recently. And uh, Udonis Haslam got his, uh, his DNPOLD. Um, but really, my favorite thing about this game against Orlando's, even when shorthanded, this is a team that normally surprises the Heat. He always go on these runs, beat these good teams like Philadelphia, and then come back 
and go against these sort of lower-tier teams and then forfeit them. And to see the Heat win a game that they really should have won is really comforting to see. It's sort of a relief, uh, but even more than that, since the Heat were short-handed, but just to see them go up against a team that they clearly were better than and show that is really impressive, especially when in many years they go up against teams that they're much better than and that they should be and yet falter. I mean, we've seen that all throughout the 2021 season. He'd go up against uh, that LA Clippers team without Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or Serge Ibaka two times, lose both games. And this felt like one of those games, and the Heat went down and won it. Um, so really, really exciting to see. And going forward, the Heat still have a pretty easy schedule. They've got Detroit next. They've got uh, Indiana, Detroit again, and then Orlando. Eventually, guys like Jimmy and Tyler are going to start coming back. But it's really important that the Heat win these games. Because the harder games are coming. They're coming. And the Heat have to get those wins on the record so that they're ready. If they don't, they're really going to be in trouble. But what I saw last night is that the Heat have what it takes. They don't stoop down to that level. They do what it takes, and they play their brand of basketball. And that's really exciting to see. I'm really happy about that. So uh, before I uh, uh, go on to the uh, uh, next segment to the show where I'm going to talk a bit about the injuries and what their impacts will be. I do want to talk a little bit about uh, our new daily fantasy partner at Sport, e- at Sport Ethos, which is Thrive Fantasy. So uh, prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use the code ETHOS when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit. And the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sport Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. So we talk a bit about uh, Max Drews, Gabe Vincent, and about what those impacts are going to be once the rest of the guys come back. Ultimately, Max Drews gives this team something special. They give a guy who can really do it all on the court and be a talented three-point shooter. And I'm a little bit worried that he and Gabe Vincent, who does similar uh, things in terms of shooting and defending, um, I'm worried that these guys might fall out of the rotation. And if they begin to fall off, which obviously, I mean, you don't expect guys to have career nights every night. It just doesn't happen. But I'm a bit worried not about the, uh, their uh, their volume, but more about their efficiency. If they continue to have great efficiency, they're going to be a big part of this rotation going forward. But if you see these guys taking a lot of shots, continue to be those high-volume guys, but not shooting at the same rate as guys higher up on that rotation, 
get a little bit worried about these guys and their place on this uh, team in the future. I think uh, I'm a big uh, fan of these players just as undrafted guys who came out of nowhere to become great contributors. I think that if they continue to be in the rotation, they can make a huge impact. Although I know Eric Spolster loves to run a tight ship and loves to cut that lineup down to nine or even eight players during the playoffs. But maybe these guys become those break glass in case of emergency players. Maybe it's just you need a bucket. Tyler's cold. Duncan's cold. You need to call Max Hughes or Dave Vincent. Um, that would be fun to see in the playoffs. These guys sort of uh, rescue the team. Um, more likely, they're going to get some of those fringe minutes. Maybe Oladipo comes back and takes some of those, but I really expect these guys to be part of the rotation going forward. These were perfect games, you know? These were important games to show off what they could do when they're handed the ball and said, go get some buckets. And you know that's something that the Heat need because Timmy Butler can't continue to be the only uh, offensive initiator on that court without uh, Tyler Hero and, uh, and Bam Adebayo. So, you really need these guys to take the scoring load off of him once he comes back. And I'm excited to see that. We've seen Max Drews work well with Jimmy. You've seen Gabe Vincent really do whatever he wants to do with Kyle Lowry on the court. I'm excited to see how all these guys gel together. Right now, I think the best thing that we're finding out is that this Heat team has a lot of talent. And it goes well beyond the, the main uh, headliner stars. So when the team gets fully healthy, you're really going to have sort of a stacked roster. Think about that. You've got so many guys on this court that can put up so many points. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And we'll be right here with you. Uh, ben will be back for the next episode. And uh, I'm excited for the rest of the season. I'm really hoping Jimmy gets back soon, despite uh, how much fun it is to watch Struis and Vincent take over games. We wish the best of Luck to Jimmy Butler, to Tyler Hero, to Pamela Bio, Victor Oladipo, Markeith Morris. Oh my God, the Heat are missing so many great players and still doing so well. But best of luck to all those guys. Get back healthy. Um, no rush. Take your time. And uh, before I sign off, I want to remind you all to use the coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also to check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use the code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. All right, you all. Uh, have a good day. Have a good night, depending on when you're listening to this. And uh, we'll be here for the rest of the season. Anyways, my name is Luke Weber, and that will be all.